Welcome back to Miserable and Reckless, bringing you a podcast with unfiltered takes on sports, music, culture, and all things the South. I'm Logan sitting here with Morgan, Dustin, and Ryan. Be sure to follow us on uh, Twitter and Facebook on our social media. Make sure you smash the subscribe button on Apple Podcasts. Give us five stars and great reviews. And go on over to Spotify and make sure you subscribe for all of our great content each and every week here on MNR. All right, moving into the good, the bad, and the ugly. Ryan, kick things off this week. All right. Each week, I think you get faster and faster and faster at saying that. I'm pretty impressed. By the end of this, you're going to be doing one of those like cow auctions down in Texas. Yeah. <laughs> All right. The great. I have a great, a good, and an ugly. So let's, uh, let's work our way towards the ugly because that's what we do here on Miserable and Reckless. Uh, great is my family. I uh, was in town. Um, it wasn't for the most fun reason. It was for my, uh, my, my grandmother passed a while ago. And so she was getting put into um, Arlington her ashes were. And so we all got together together at the cemetery there in Arlington national. And, um, it was really cool because it was an opportunity for me to see everybody in my family together. First of all, that's a very odd thing over the past year, as Some people may have guessed. And then, uh, to have literally everybody together, almost what was a family reunion on my dad's side. There were a couple, um, people that were missing, but uh, for the most part, we got to see everybody. And I got to see my nieces and my sister who actually came down. And so that was pretty interesting. And I've got my in-laws, my brother-in-law and my sister-in-law, I think I said that correctly, <laughs> and my niece and nephew coming from Delaware this weekend. So that's two great things that are pretty good, which leads me into my good. Um, hey, Chase Elliott won on the 4th of July. So uh, his last three wins were on the 4th of July on my birthday. Nice job. Well, all right, we can go into I guess, ugly. I guess, every, I guess every dog finds its bone one day. Just saying, Fourth of July, my birthday, and the NASCAR championship. So uh, you know, he's three for three on some good, some good days. I quit. <laughs> Speaking of ugly opinions, I have an ugly opinion about the Tampa Bay Lightning. COVID championships don't count. Uh, they won the Stanley Cup last night. We'll just tie hockey up with a bow. They're a Southern team, but no one cares at all because they're filled with Russians. So I just like to say, for those on record and. Florida and elsewhere that care about the lightning. Nobody cares. Your Champa Bay thing is tainted and and crappy. And this isn't even said from a from a perspective of being mad at Tom Brady or Gronk or anybody else. There's just it's 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 BS. You're ruining hockey two years in a row. But congratulations to Pat Maroon, who has somehow single-handedly lifted the cup three years in a row. I don't understand that. Playing for the blues and now the lightning. So that's my ugly opinion on the lightning. Get out. And I can't believe it led me to actually cheer for a half second for the Canadians just like so I watch more hockey. That's even worse. Boo. Even worse. So my family was here, and now I'm grumpy about hockey. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Morgan, good, the bad, and the ugly. Jeez, man. You want some, some antidepressant medication? I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Going to need it after cheering for the Canadians. <laughs> well, I've got a good, bad, and the ugly. My good, we finally set a date to have both the kids baptized at uh, my home in my hometown at the church that I was baptized at. So we're doing that um, the weekend after my birthday, which is gonna be pretty nice. Um, gonna see if we can't fit Brody into the same gown that I was baptized in, but I don't see that one happening. Um, I think I was probably less than a year old when we did that for me, and he's almost two. So, be like the Incredible Hulk ripping out of it as he's getting baptized. 
<laughs> oh, please uh, do that and record it. Carol, <laughs> the old ladies at church. It's like, oh, God. Um, let's see. Bad. Continuing with the kids. The last couple of nights, Brody's been waking up anywhere between... 10.30, 11 o'clock, and 1.30 in the morning, just screaming, and uh, we figured out it might be he's having nightmares. So he just starts standing up, throwing everything out of his crib, and just screaming for dad. Yes. Yeah, so we're uh, kind of going through that right now. Uh, hopefully, hoping that he gets past it. And we, you know, but nightmare, nightmares are going to happen if that's what it is. So it's not really, I guess, you can do about that. And then my ugly of the week is my work is dragging its sorry but on getting me help in the billing department. And the last two weeks, I've been pretty much doing the work of three people, maybe three and a half people, because the other person they have there doesn't do shit. Um, Would you so like to say their name? Fun. No, no, <laughs> not at all. Um, so I'm running. I'm running on fumes at this point. The last two and a half, two and a half weeks or so. That that's my ugly. <laughs> all right. Oh, maybe I, maybe I need to take some of that antidepressant. Let's see, Brian. Cross state lines. <laughs> all right, Dustin, uh, take it away. Thank you. I don't think you're supposed to say that on a recording that goes on the internet. Anyway. It was a joke. Um, <laughs> I don't know. They don't look like they're joking to me, America. This week's um, cancel corner, hey, Ryan. Hey, hold, on, hold, hold, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. FBI, we're just kidding. You, you can keep listening. And the NSA. <laughs> um, yeah. Good. Fourth of July weekend. It was awesome. We went down southwest Virginia um, visited. Bradford took Emmy around there, um, spent some time out on the lake. Emmy loved riding around on the boat, got in the water. It was just a good time all the way around. Um, so we, Fourth of July delivered. We were celebrating America last week. I'm still celebrating America because I enjoyed the weekend that much. Um, bad. Uh, Monday, the trip back took quite a while, uh, in part, in large part because I'm traveling with a child, not really because of traffic. And, uh, you know, normally a, a maybe five hour drive was seven and a half. She was so tired at one point she was screaming and we stopped at a rest stop and sat there for like an hour for Jenny to hold her and let her try to nap because she doesn't want to nap in her car seat anymore. So that was fun. Um, and then the ugly would, would be probably my, uh, initial grumpiness at, uh, having to sit there at a rest stop off the interstate for a little while. But then I, I guess God wanted to laugh at me a little bit, or at least correct my thoughts. Cause, uh, definitely didn't have it that bad as I sat in my air conditioned car, looking at the internet, when my kid was sleeping. And there was a, another family down the way. Who's like 2000 Nissan Sentra was obviously broken down. The kids were out there sitting on the sidewalk, sweating their asses off while they were trying to fix their car so they could get down the highway. So lesson learned <laughs> wasn't, wasn't that bad, but still. Uh, so it all revolved around my, my weekend last weekend and it was good. It was all good all, all the way around. It just was a long Monday on the way back. 
All right. So I guess that leaves me. Uh, good. I've been watching the latest Disney Plus series, Loki, and I have to say I've really enjoyed it. It's been a fantastic show. Um, without giving anything away, it's kind of opening up the um the the multiverse aspect of this next phase in the MCU. And um the the chick that they had to play Sylvie in the show, Sophia DiMartino or something like that, she is an absolute fox. So that's been a, a welcome surprise in, oh, in yeah. that show. That shows, yeah. Mm. <laughs> I don't Morgan, know. Morgan obviously doesn't like it as much as I do, but I'm a Marvel fan, but eh, I'm still 50 50 on it. <laughs> but I think it's good. So that's one of my goods. Um, also, another good I have is, you know, uh, what was a tropical storm, tropical depression. Elsie came through uh, North Carolina today. And um, I don't I, I don't know specifically yet for the coast, but I know in Raleigh, nothing really bad happens. Everybody's fortunate there. It was just a heavy rainstorm today. So anytime that one of those storms comes through and it's not a ton of damage, um, you know, that's always a good thing. All right. And then comes to my ugly for the week. Um, I read an article today from Barstool Sports that was talking about the the saga between the Spotify staffers and the number one podcaster in all of America, Joe Rogan. So going back a little while when Joe Rogan signed that monster contract to go exclusively on Spotify, um, a vocal minority within the staffing uh, area of Spotify were against it because they did not like some of his opinions and some of the things he said. They tried to institute uh, a editorial supervisory role over Joe Rogan. The CEO and Rogan basically said, no, we're not doing that. Kudos to them for that. But lately they've been all almost threatening to quit and saying that they can't believe that Spotify is allowing him to be unfiltered and say whatever he wants. Look, let me have a little reality check for you here. Spotify staffers who are nameless for a reason. No one cares about you. You're easily replaceable. Joe Rogan is the talent. Joe Rogan is the guy that if he got hit by a bus or even much uh, less than that, had laryngitis and can't talk for a couple of weeks, they lose millions of dollars because he is the one that's driving the streams and the listens. You are useless. You can be easily replaced. No one's going to listen to you. Joe Rogan's going to be able to keep editorial control as long as Spotify maintains their spine. All right. That's my good, good and ugly for this week. Hey, I think we go ahead. Hopefully none of those uh, people listen to our show, those nameless people. I hope they do. <laughs> We're gonna be off Spotify next week. <laughs> <laughs> then we'll take it right to the CEO. All right, yeah. so you're gonna have to change that intro then. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think we have a uh, daddy daycare this week for the two fathers on the pod. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Um, so you know, as Dustin was speaking about earlier with his uh during his good, bad, and the ugly about his road trip and kids screaming, you know, you got your road trip coming up here tomorrow, right, Dustin? I do. Uh, tomorrow yeah, we are leaving town, headed for Ronic Rapids, and then uh, that's kind of the halfway point to our ultimate mm-hmm. destination, which is on Saturday, which is none other than the Pancake House, capital of the world, Myrtle Beach. Hell. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. But I'm sure you've had fun packing that car for said trip, correct? Oh, it's beautiful. It's amazing. Yeah. How much How much of the house have you brought for just one child? Somewhere between 50 and 75%. I don't know. It depends. Uh, you know, we, we did find a way to, like, not bring one mat 
and uh, we j- we j- didn't bring a couple books that we thought we were going to need to bring. And you know, you'll regret that, that, that. Really, you will regret that. But no, go ahead. <laughs> it really, you know, is making the difference in the car. So you know, let, that way I'll have uh, a half of an inch to see out of the back instead of completely. <laughs> it's it's amazing what beach trips have come come to. It used to be just what was barely a towel if you call it a towel more of a ragged t-shirt that you used <laughs> and uh, a case of beer and it's gone from that to half your house if not 90 percent of it it's so bad that we have legitimately spent a decent amount of time looking at aftermarket roof racks to be able to carry more things because <laughs> we need the, all those things when we travel so but it's, th- there's it, that and and if trips for the family can, you know, it can be fun, but it depends on what your kid's going to be like for majority of that trip. Is that kid going to be, I'm just going to look out the window and entertain myself? Am I going to nap? Or do I just want to scream for three straight hours going down the road and there's nothing you can do but sit back there and scream, or not scream with them, but cry and try and rock them? <laughs> cry is about right. <laughs> But yeah, it's it's amazing how much crap you think you can fit into that car, and you think you need. And when you get to said destination, you really only you end up using like twenty five, thirty percent of it. You don't even oh. didn't even need it. But well, let me ask you this, Morgan: Did you play Tetris as a kid? Uh, I was not good at Tetris, and I will fully admit this on the podcast that my wife is a much better packer of the car than I am. <laughs> she finds all the nooks and crayons, all the holes, and per- fits it perfectly. She's like Rain Man looking at the matches on the floor and counting them up in her head in five seconds. She looks at the back of the, the, the van or the, not the van, the, um, or the Armada and goes, I'm going to fit this here, fit that there. You know, in my head, I'm just hearing Tetris song going off. And she's like, putting crap in every corner and like how did we do this oh, meanwhile man. at the same time i'm thinking if you hit the brakes that piece of equipment is going to fly and knock brody in the back of the head <laughs> don't get in an accident <laughs> <laughs> no it's crystal true. said it's- that crystal said that's a lie she's perfect no, it's secured, it's secured. <laughs> sure it is so someone slams you in the rear end at 55 so no it is it's the the trips themselves are are wonderful but the prep and then the the trip back are are not yeah the trips back are the the worst yeah not only are you do you have the sunday blues but your kid has sunday blues too yeah so that makes it 10 times worse (laughs) (laughs) so i'm really looking forward to the days in between Next yeah. week, maybe I'll be a little extra miserable as we're coming back home and we record this. Thing. No, don't even think about it. I do have one question for you, Dustin. Yeah. Are you going to miss the pavilion when you get there? Oh, hell yeah. Drink cold beer. Get a rebel flag raft. Am I allowed to say that from there? <laughs> get an airbrush t-shirt. Oh, yeah. So, I'm Calabash Sprint. Lord knows we're, mm. we're going to get after it. Myrtle Beach, Myrtle Beach, Myrtle Beach. <laughs> no, better than calabash shrimp. Oh, it's wonderful. I, we're what we should do in a future week is do a little 
Myrtle Beach Spotlight and uh, put together a map of all the good places. Um, not just the pancake houses, America. There's a lot more to be had. Mini golf. <laughs> lots wrong. of mini golf. <laughs> lots of mini golf. And, and if a place is booked up, just go to one block down the street. There's another one. Every other corner is another one. It's Somebody. either a pancake house, uh, um, mini golf, or it's a beach store. Or golf shops. Someone someone said something funny at work the other day about Myrtle Beach that is kind of true. We were talking about how like how much half of us think it's a blast, but admit that it's redneck and half of them don't like it because it's redneck. And one of the people that didn't really like it said Myrtle Beach is essentially if the state of Florida was in one city. (laughs) (laughs) So you're telling me I should move to Florida. All right. (laughs) Just not change the day. Oh my. Well, this Daddy Daycare brought to you by Myrtle Beach Chamber of Commerce is uh, all about <laughs> how terrible it is to have to pack. Yes. And, uh, I, although I'm told it gets a little better, marginally better as they get older. <laughs> can, well, I ask, can I ask one a one word follow up question? Does it take you longer to pack or unpack and wash everything and clean it? Mm. Well, define, define time frame on washing things that you unpack. Cause I have no clue. You tell me (laughs) I've never had to go through this. (laughs) I think it's a miracle if we get the car completely unpacked and put back into this apartment after we get back from the trip in one day. Yeah, we're bad about we bring stuff home and then we don't really immediately unpack it. It gets unpacked every course of a couple of days. So. If not a week or so. Yeah. <laughs> you just don't have time. I mean, you have to get home. As soon as you get home, depending on the time, the kid has to get fed and clean, you know, change diaper and put to bed. And then you're at work the next day. Yeah. So probably unpack is the answer to your question based off of that. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I can't imagine because yeah. I still haven't unpacked my bag from last weekend when I went to Runner Rapids. <laughs> That's just lazy. It's still sitting in the floor. <laughs> That's pretty bad, actually. I'm better than that with my travel with the family. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's this uh, week's segment of Daddy Daycare. Moving into the weekend sports update with Ryan Angle. God, more Chase Elliott. Where did talk about him? Oh, wait, the racetrack is in Atlanta, and they claim that that's his home racetrack. So I'm supposed to be hearing about home racetracks. Uh, here, we'll do it real quick. Atlanta, old racetrack, tires matter, not much to say. Exciting race. I'm not going to try and sell you on it. It's it's fast, and tires matter. So if you're not watching NASCAR, you're probably not going to want to turn this one off. Standings. Denny Hamlin somehow is still leading the standings, even though he hasn't won a race. Kyle Larson's won four times, and he's three points behind Denny Hamlin. I don't get that, but okay. William Byron, like Kyle Larson. Well, William Byron, Liberty Zone, is in third. And then speaking of kids who are uh, crying all the time, Kyle Busch uh, is bringing up fourth place. And then you've got Joey Logano and Chase. So they're all within nine. The last three guys are all within nine points of each other. So how, how is Kyle Bush in fourth place? He's got two wins God. already. Maybe so. he can crowd a third one. 
<laughs> I know you guys tune out the NASCAR update. I tell you when he wins. <laughs> Dustin's forgotten to cheer for him every single time. Oh, yeah, that guy I'm supposed to like. <laughs> Who am I supposed to like him? Cry baby. <laughs> <laughs> so that's our brief NASCAR update. There'll be more exciting races coming down the pike. I'll, I'll save you from trying to sell you on this one. Am I supposed to do the Little League stuff too? If you want to, I'll, I mean, we didn't really plan it's, that out, people. So it's the big little league. <laughs> you go ahead, Logan. <laughs> All right. So you're down on the farm baseball update for minor league baseball. Give you the quick update on uh, everybody's standings. Morgan Zerum Bulls are currently in first place in the division. Nashville Sounds, Ryan's team's in second. Norfolk Tides are surging. They're up to fourth. And my Gwinnett Stripers are, <laughs> they really are sinking these days because they're in fifth place. Uh, quite a few games below 500 and definitely not what I hoped for, but I'm not going to even act like I've watched a single game this year. So can't be too upset. <laughs> they don't have them on the TV. You can't watch them. True enough. That's my out there. I, I actually, they're not on TV or else I would be supporting my adopted team. <laughs> <laughs> but all right. So last week, Dustin's tides, like I said, they're surging into fourth place, uh, six, six games under 500. And we, like I said, we mentioned Gwinnett. They're one and nine in their last 10. So let's, no need to beat a dead horse this upcoming week. Morgan's team heads to play heads to Norfolk to play Dustin's. And then Ryan's team heads down Coming to great state of Georgia, take on the Gwinnett stripers and let them probably win, <laughs> lose their 10th game in the last 11. The bulls coming for you. Oh, I, I, caught, I told y'all last night there we're coming. We're trending in the right direction. Y'all, y'all ain't gonna be laughing at the end of the year when we're sitting there what's, with the crown. What's that saying? Don't mess with the bull, son. You get the horns. Yeah, y'all can't even have a good promotion. <laughs> I don't expect y'all to win the division. <laughs> we go looking every week, America. We try and find good promotions. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's this down on the farm update. Moving into song of the month. So last week we were supposed to do this, but we didn't quite have enough time, so we kicked the can down the road a week which really just means me and Ryan forgot. And <laughs> so this week we have a song of the month for you. Um, what is this? We pick three songs each month. One of us pick one for ourselves and one that we collaborate on. Um, then we, we're also making a Spotify playlist for all of your listening enjoyment. Ryan, what's your song this, week, this month? Okay. Um, it is a song called For Blake, and it is by a band called Havana Swim Club. Band is a loose term. Uh, band is one guy, his name is Dan Coke, and uh, he used to be part of a, a bunch of other different bands. The reason why I handpicked this song, uh, first of all, I think his album is really cool and it's got a really kind of summary sound. Uh, I passed this actually along to Logan if you get a kick out of it. It's definitely a different sound. Uh, I'll save you all the musical terms. It sounds summary, it sounds exactly like a Havana Swim Club would. It's all samples, it's uh, just a lot of different jazz and, and, and bossa nova and all sorts of different sounds from uh, South America and all, all over the different place. However, the reason why this song is particularly cool and would have gone actually well with what we were talking about a little bit last week is uh, for Blake. Well, Blake's a person. Blake is from uh, North Carolina. Blake had cancer over the past year and he beat it over a period of different treatments and times. And then wound up because he was in, in a hospital in Houston, he ended up uh, catching COVID. They ended up trying to fight it as best as they could. They got him back to North Carolina where he could be around his family. And unfortunately, and please don't hate me if I don't know this correctly, but um, he, uh, he was part of a uh, what I'll call a 
group online of people that, that um, uh, were able to communicate through the whole process and he was able to keep us updated on what was going on. But um, he, uh, he did pass away. So uh, this song is in memoriam of him and it's actually one of the better songs on the album. So I wanted to shout that out just to say that uh, he was a good dude and he's remembered and uh, I appreciate Dan putting this out and he actually put it out on Memorial Day. So uh, kind of a cool little extra extra note there. So Havana Swim Club for Blake. It's actually a really good song. I'd encourage people to check it out on our nothing else. Yeah, like you said, it'll be on the Spotify playlist for anyone that wants to check that out. Definitely should. It's a very chill song. It has a really cool um, story behind it. Ryan shared all that with me. And um, I, I got to say, like, I'm not normally into like more instrumental stuff, but I actually did kind of dig this one. So definitely should check it out. Um, my song, I normally go with things that are a little bit more of bummer jams. Uh, I, I kind of like the heavy songwriting type stuff, but this month didn't really do that. Went with a song by a uh, guy that I'm a pretty big fan of who's uh, more in the pop rock world he's releasing a record in july called sob rock and it's a very 80s influenced album supposedly this song definitely lives up to that with heavy synths uh, for, uh at the very opening of the song it's john mayer's last train home this song is just a jam to listen to um i think in the in a typical john mayer way it's not incredibly deep but it has some lines that is like pretty well written in a way that it's like a little bit deep, but it's like deep in a mainstream way, if that makes sense. But like some of the stuff, like I said, it, that I really liked about this song was in like the, the second chorus. He was like, uh, hold on. I'm trying to find the lyrics right here. I just have it up in front of me. So it was like, so no matter how you work, if things go wrong, I put my heart where it don't belong, like relatable lyrics for most people. And, uh, it's basically a love song that is like at the beginning things aren't working out with people between him and this girl and you know he's like you know what if you, you don't want to love me let me go he's looking for his last train home then in the second verse in the second chorus things are kind of more coming together and they ended up kind of being together and said maybe you're my last train home it's kind of a cool play on the on the hook with this song but i really love the sonic aspect of this song more than anything because like I said, it's very eighties influence from the, the, uh, the font and literally the, uh, the, the album cover itself. It, it, he's got like one of the rolled up kind of like blazers, I think like full moon fever, uh, Tom Petty album cover. And so if that's the direction this record's going to go, I'm kind of hyped for that. So I definitely say, check this one out. It'll be a fun song to play, you know, during the summer, it kind of fits a lot of moods. Um, last train home, John Mayer. Nice. All right, Ryan, think, if you want to, I go think, ahead. I think Jenny would retweet that. She's really digging uh, that as well. So Yeah, um, I put the song up on my Instagram story, and Jenny uh, re reacted to it with the, the clapping emojis. So I would say it's Jenny approved. Oh, yeah. She loves some John Mayer anyway, which I, yeah. I don't have a problem with him. I've never had. I just don't think of him when I say, like, I'm going to yeah. turn something on. Anyway, that's my interjection on the song of the month. <laughs> All right, Ryan. Uh, I know you, you have a kind of a connection to where this next artist is from for our collaboration. If you want to introduce the collab song of the month. Yeah. So the, uh, it's funny cause our internet just went out and I was making a joke that this next artist is from lower, slower. So our internet went, uh, slowed down just for, just for that. Nah, he's from a uh, lower, slower, or slower, lower Delaware, as 
you might find on his website with all his merch. Uh, it's Jimmy Allen. And I promise uh, Logan actually co-signed and approved on this combo pick. He's got a new, um, he, he added some songs to his Betty James album, which came out last year and was actually well critically acclaimed and has a lot of different collabs on it. So it's kind of funny that it's a collab for our collab pick. Uh, it's Jimmy Allen's Home Sweet Hometown is the name of the song with a band called Lanco. Um, I'll spend you time on Lanco. I, I think they're pretty good, but um, they don't play much of a role in this song besides, I think they do one of the verses, the second verse maybe, and, and they help out on the course. But uh, the real reason why it connected with me, um, Jimmy Allen is from the same very small hometown in Delaware that my wife is from, um, as well as her family, which is Milton, Delaware. And you get about two seconds into this song and he's name checking places that I have been. <laughs> and then our, there's only about four businesses. I mean, there's more, but there's only about four businesses in this place. And one of them is the quick stop. And that is definitely where you go in a small town to get your uh, chicken, biscuits, everything else. It's one of those great gas stations where you walk in and they got a little deli right there. Um, I've had the fortune of going to it. It's right up the Well, it's down the street from the uh, food line, which is obviously where you go to brag about your kids who left for bigger things, American Aquarium reference. And then it's uh, up the street from where you go to uh, stop at the liquor store. So uh, that's that's pretty much how Milton Delaware works. And we've done that circuit a few times. But um, more to the point, if you listen to the lyrics of the song, um, we talk a hell of a lot on this podcast about small town life. And uh, so this isn't just about Milton. Um, you wouldn't know where he was from if you listened to the lyrics, unless you knew where he was from. And uh, I, I like the idea of uh, it's your home sweet hometown where you keep your first sins, as in where you screwed up, your amen, your kinfolk, your old friends, home sweet hometown, of course, true enough, or forgot one, or maybe they're still caught trying to trying to forget one. So. Uh, interesting because if you're from a small town, I feel like you're either coming, you're going, or you're caught. And uh, even if you're going and you're trying to do big things, you may be pretending like you're forgetting it because you're still on the path up. But it's real hard, as everybody knows, uh, to uh, kind of let that ever get out of your veins or leave you. And uh, I appreciate the fact, not if, if I can indulge for 10 more seconds, that he's going back uh, this summer and doing a concert literally just for Milton, Delaware people in a field. I mean, anyone could go to it, but he's he's definitely not been shy about forgetting his uh, about not forgetting his roots and name checking him. So Jimmy Allen, first of all, great song. Uh, I've mentioned him on the podcast in the past, but uh, at the same time, uh, small town life it fits right in for this, and it's a great collab pick because it's a collab with a great artist. Yeah, so like Jimmy Allen is a guy that is definitely leans a little bit more sonically to the pop side. And a lot of times I'm not always like the biggest fan of his stuff because of that. But this one in particular on this record, because I listen I've listened to this record all the way through a couple times. This one's a little bit more one of the rootsy songs on the record. It definitely has more of a country feel to it. And um one thing that's undeniable about Jimmy Allen as an artist is one, he seems like he's a great dude. Like I've seen him do some interviews and everything. He seems like a really cool guy. But he also, man, that guy can sing. Like he's got incredible vocals and it he really shines on the chorus um here where he, he kind of shows some of his dynamic vocal range that he has um on this song. And I'm a I'm a sucker for a small town song. I am. Um it 
I don't want this to come across being nitpicky like it's a criticism because it's not, but it, it's a little list-like in its songwriting, but there's nothing inherently wrong with the list song. I think we just get jaded on them because it happens so much with mainstream artists, but this in a vacuum is an example of a list song that actually works because it's, t- it's harkening back to things that are relatable uh, both to him personally with his hometown, but it's broad enough that you can only, you can see your own hometown within this song. So like, I think that's an appealing thing. Like I said, it, it, it's one of his more rootsy songs on the record, which I, I appreciate. And I think when he, he leans into that sound, he, he knocks it out of the park. So this is one that I, I definitely co-sign on, um, as a guy who is admittedly not a big Jimmy Allen fan, but I definitely do recommend home sweet hometown because it's, you know, it just works and it, it brings back small town nostalgia. And especially if you grew up in one similar, I mean, you, you can relate to it. So we'll throw those on the, uh, I'll get them on the Spotify playlist either tonight. Or tonight. And that's not just the three songs. We got the rest from uh, pre- previous picks as well. So you can either hate or love our picks from previously. <laughs> <laughs> and by the end of this, we're going to have quite the eclectic playlist. <laughs> All right. So moving on into the Southern spotlight, Dustin, you're up this week right it's my week my week to highlight whatever i want to highlight it's wonderful i've been sitting on this one for a little while because i thought about it about three weeks ago when i was traveling it's a simple one when you're in the south people love to wave if you're cutting grass and you ride by them they wave at you out on the boat and you ride by somebody else they wave at you Driving down the road and you're just going different directions, they wave at you. You don't know them. They don't know you. But they but you wave at each other like you do, like your friends. Like you like you come over to each other's houses and you know, have a few cold ones and like to hang out, but you don't. So I and I realized also that the more like if I spend a couple two or three days around it, then I start doing it. Because up here in Yankee land, uh you know people don't do that people don't wave at one another they hell even when they you let them in the traffic they don't even give you the courtesy wave they just oh wave. they give they give you uh, they give you a type of wave <laughs> that one finger salute yeah some people do <laughs> but it you know i noticed it about three weeks ago and then again this past weekend or fourth of july down in southwest virginia people love to do the wave and i and and i was like what's more southern what's that that we can like pull out than that and uh it's not necessarily you know i know we do a lot of like specific places and things on here for that which is great because people should visit those places but next time you're down south and you're riding around and people just randomly wave at you it's just a cultural thing don't worry about it it happens all the time on the golf course too like you'll just be riding by somebody and they'll look at you and they'll be like give you the head nod and the wave <laughs> oh yeah Head nod is part of a part of it. If you guys come visit our community ever, I think all the old people here are from Florida because you can't walk two steps in this community without waving at somebody, waving at <laughs> the trash, <laughs> waving when you're walking around. <laughs> kind of nice. It's very different from the city we used to live in. <laughs> Do they give you the shooter McGavin every now and then? <laughs> well, speaking of Florida, that's a perfect segue into the next segment: Florida or the field. Oh, boy. All right. We're going to go through this quickly. Here's the headline. Drunk insists 
He didn't drink and drive. Only drank at the stop signs. <laughs> a 69-year-old man was pulled over for drinking and driving, though he insisted to the arresting officers that he was not, in fact, drinking and driving, but instead was only drinking when the vehicle was stopped at lights and stop signs. The article was sarcastically envisioning how this conversation went. Cop, sir, have you been drinking and driving? No, sir, officer. Your car smells a lot like liquor. Oh, well, yeah, that's the Jim Beam I've been guzzling on my trip to McDonald's here. Cop, you said you weren't drinking and driving. Drinking and driving is illegal, sir. We have to arrest you now. Guy, I'm not drinking and driving. I'm only taking full of Jim Beam at the stop signs. Boom, lawyered. Cop, <laughs> damn it, you are free to go, sir. <laughs> it's just b- bothering an old man trying to enjoy his driving wiki. <laughs> <laughs> could be worse. He could be in a lawnmower. Uh, true. Yeah, good to close in, this in his in his younger days, that probably was acceptable to ride around and do that. I had a cab driver in DC tell me one time every day when he used to work construction, and every day when he got in his truck to go home, he drank a six pack on the way home. <laughs> There's been people he said that, he didn't do that anymore for the record when he was a cab driver. <laughs> <laughs> he was. Uh, let's close this out. He was arrested at the McDonald's drive-thru. There's a lot of McDonald's here recently on this podcast. After the woman in front of him called the police to complain that the car behind her kept running into her rear bumper and yelling at her. (laughs) He was arrested after admitting to police. He suspected he was drunk, that he had been drinking, but not literally while driving. He went on to tell police he felt pretty good. And was probably not lying because when he took his breathalyzer test, he blew nearly twice the legal limit at 0.015. Presumably, there was a lot of stop signs and stoplights on the way to the McDonald's. And then they closed this article out by saying, it's called an Uber and a Yeti tumbler. Start drinking in the 21st century like the rest of us, you old man. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think? But frankly, this, this could have been in Annapolis. I'm not going to just this could have been, yeah, this could have been my hometown. I think it's been Wilmington. I think it's the yeah, field. I was say Wilmington too. I, I've been going with the field every week, and I'm sticking with it. Yeah, I'm going to go with the field this time. Logan, the field. It's Florida. It's Plant City, Florida. The gift that keeps <laughs> on giving for this podcast. I feel like you're going to have a Florida article every time, and it's not going to be ever the field. <laughs> well, it's much easier to look up. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we really need to just ask how much uh, time you've had to research this, and we'll know whether or not it's Florida. Uh, there you go. Well, you still got to find ones that are. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... Moving into the main topic, we have something today that we're talking about that everyone probably wouldn't expect we're talking about. College football. (laughs) Shocking. Shocking, I know. So one of us, I can't remember who actually initially sent it within the group text, um, ran across this graphic that's talking about for this upcoming college football season, the different tiers of college football. And it's interesting, some of the picks that they have. We'll kind of get into that in a minute. I mean, obviously, the tier ones, what everybody knows, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State. But that's where, you know, from there on down, you probably could make an argument for and against some of these others. But I kind of want to open this up a little bit now to you guys about 
outside of tier one, which I think is pretty much a consensus. Let's, I think we can agree on that. What was the biggest snub or biggest overrated team that you, you see on this graphic? Well, first of all, I promise I will put this graphic online so people can can kind of get a better idea. Yeah. Tier two has six teams. It's Oregon, Oklahoma, Notre Dame, LSU, Georgia. Roll those one off. And Boise State. Well, so Boise State's kind of a surprise, right? Yeah, that's a yeah. surprise to me for tier two. I mean, we're not talking about what was it, 20, what was it, 2008, 2010, whenever it was. Like, this is not this is not the Chris Peterson Boise State teams. They're still a good team, but they're not they're not playing uh, you know, in this, was it the against Florida, I think it was, or was it Oklahoma, I think. Now, are we ahead. saying that this are we saying that this tier is reflecting the upcoming season, what they think might be yeah, how teams are to perform this upcoming yeah. season? Yeah, that's my understanding of it. It's the current tiers of college football. So it's basically a a, a variation of like a preseason ranking kind of thing without assigning numbers to each of the yeah. teams. It's kind of like what level do you think this program is at for this upcoming 2021 season? Okay. Well, in that context, I mean, I feel like LSU's got a lot to prove to be considered tier two. And it's not mm. just because they had one bad season, but they had a, a historic season and then they had a really, really bad one. And but, you know, I, that seems possibly overrated. In at, my at, view. at what point is Notre Dame's past going to like? Kind of at what point are they going to run out of like gas using their past? Um, I mean, championships to keep them in the tier two. Like at what point are they going to go, okay, you know, you just are not living up to it anymore and your name's not exactly as reputable anymore. You kick down a tier two. But to be fair, I actually think that they're in the spot that they should be in just because based on their performance the last couple of years and what they have returning. <laughs> Um, they easily could be dropped down this year because they could see a, a regression. But Notre, I mean, but, I mean, they're an also ran for the for the CFP. I mean, they're they're basically Oklahoma, in my in my view. Like they're they're yeah, not yeah, they're, they're no, not a legitimate right. contender, but they're they're still within that kind of top end four to to like eight kind of range. The argument, it, yeah, it's the not exactly Lou Holtz, you know, nineteen ninety two team either. Yeah. So, oh, um, I agree. You know, with that. It, it, at this point, it's either shit or get off the pot. You know, be be dominant again or get the hell out. The argument is that we know Notre Dame, Oklahoma, Oregon. These are the teams that are in tier two. In Georgia, too, I think. I think it's fair. Georgia are not tier one, but they are definitely those four or five teams I just mentioned. Yep. They're definitely not Florida, who's in tier three. They're definite. I mean, Notre Dame's better than my – they may not be Ohio State or Clemson, but they're better than Miami. They're better than North Carolina, who's listed in tier number three. They're probably <sighs> a better team than Penn State, uh, who's listed in tier three. They're probably a better team than Wisconsin or West Virginia, who's listed in tier three. So – I, I mean, think I think, I think really the the big one that I think just doesn't fit here is Boise State. Yeah, maybe I'm yeah. showing my maybe I'm showing my Power Five bias. I don't know, but you I, I just wanna, don't see it. If you want to put them in tier three, we can talk. But I don't know if they've earned tier two in this graph. Yeah, I agree. I think that yeah. you know basically the consensus with us is so far tier one's accurate. Tier two, we we can see an argument for us. Sands Boise State. So give you a BCS eight. Yeah, I'll go on. I'll go here and say I think Miami does not deserve to be in tier three. 
Yeah. So like I don't I don't think they have the, I don't think the pieces I don't think the season they had last year is any you know, there's not not telling me that they're gonna have a big season this year. So they should probably be knocked down a tier or two. So yeah, to your point, like let's let the listeners know what's in tier three. We've got Auburn, oh, Cincinnati, yeah. Florida, Iowa State, Iowa, Miami, North Carolina, Northwestern, <laughs> Oklahoma State, Penn State, Texas AM, uh, UCF. Southern Cal, Utah, Washington, West Virginia, Wisconsin. Um, I, I can see what you're saying, Morgan. I, I think that Miami is always overrated. I think that they are a bit dangerous just because Derek King is back, but I, they're easily a team that I, I'm kind of with Morgan on this. I think that they're on that borderline between tier three and four, and it really just depends on it. it they have to put up or shut up to remain in yeah. that, that spot. Yeah, uh, well, they perennially disappoint. I mean, what you can say about a lot of schools, Georgia does too, but um, it perennially at this point. <clears throat> yeah, I wouldn't argue that it's back, but you also, I mean, I wonder what kind of context there is there. They play in the Coastal. They have a very real shot at playing in the ACC championship um, if the Eric King has a good year. Well, so, he has to bounce. I mean, he definitely has to bounce back. Yeah. Like, if he has a good year, they'll have a good year. And if he doesn't, then you know they won't, and it it's in that sense you could argue that they're deserving, but I also could see them go, you know, seven and six at the end of the year, and that be yeah. you know that that could easily happen. Can I open up a can of worms for three schools that relate directly to this? Sure. I think that name image likeness could have a significant impact this year on Miami's recruiting or transfer portal because of where they are and what the money that would flow into Miami and everything else that could potentially happen there. Same with, and this is for a completely different reason, uh, from an article from the News and Observer, um, same with North Carolina, and I'm going to, against my better judgment, bump NC State up as the last team into Tier 3 because North Carolina is so freaking behind the times as a state on name image likeness that basically those two schools apparently stand the game the most from absolutely everything in football. And then we don't even have to get ahead or ahead of ourselves for the arms race in, in basketball that's coming. Yeah, it's definitely coming. I And to your point about Miami, how it could have a impact on them that I think actually will impact them positively with the NIL um, decision. I just read the other day that a very wealthy Miami um, backer has d- signed basically the entire team to where everyone is guaranteed $6,000 this year for appearances and things like that. So Derek King also, to his credit, um, I, they were one of the big talking points about NIL was that it's going to really kind of maybe cause some team chemistry issues, right? Because the big name players were going to get more appearances than not. Well, Derek King kind of got ahead of that for his team, which I think bodes well for them on the field where he is willing to split some of his earnings because he's going to probably be the biggest name player they have with uh, some of his teammates if they want to make joint appearances, which I think is kind of a stand-up move on his part to kind of maintain team chemistry because you can't have issues in the locker room. And that's something that this could be open up a can of worms. Yeah. Well, I think Alabama, I saw something about Alabama's freshman quarterbacks already got like offers lined up. Um, which just, I don't know. I, 
we could get into this topic a whole nother podcast. Yeah, I think that is a topic we should probably discuss at some point before oh yeah. football season. Yeah, because it's it's going to have a big impact. I think there could be some positives, and I think there could be some negatives. And uh, like the you know, all right. So I'm not going to go down that road, but I do no. think some of the second tier schools could have when they have good years, like Coastal had last year. They can some of their guys can benefit from it in a way that, um, you know, they never would have benefited from it before because like everybody gets on the bandwagon, right? But, you know, is it just going to make some of these schools better or better off that are already well off? Yeah. Well, kind of getting – go ahead. I was going to say, speaking of Coastal, Tier 4, I I have – this is the one I have opinions on. Well, before we get into that, I do have two quick opinions on Tier 3. And one's a snub, and I think one's my overrated for that. The snub, I think, is Texas A&M. I think that they deserve to be in tier two based on their performance the last couple of years and what they have returning over Boise state. I think the fact that they're in tier three is, is I think it's a disservice to what Jimbo has been able to accomplish down at college station. I I would argue they should be over there. I would go a step further and I don't even care about Boise state being up there. They should be there over LSU. Yeah. yeah. Um, they're, if you were talking about next year, and you're talking about what returns and what Jimbo has been building there. I think he deserves more respect than LSU right now. Yeah. And then I agree with that hundred percent. Um, and then my overrated, um, isn't even Miami. I still think it's North Carolina. I think North Carolina is on the, the borderline of tier three and four. I don't think they're solidly tier three. I think they can be, I think they could even elevate themselves in a one year setting to tier two, but based on what they did last year, it's, it's, it's the Mac hype train, man. It's what it is. Because if you look at their record, they had the same record at the end of the year as NC state Carolina just get his for, for a decade now, minus the last couple of years of uh, Larry Fedora's tenure. They, they literally get hype from the media all the time as being the dark horse. They, it happened under Butch Davis. It's happened under Mac Brown now. And Mac has the team playing better football than some of these other coaches did. I'll give credit there. But until they actually make that step and they don't finish the year eight and four, I don't, I just, I don't see it. But I, I realize this is kind of a hype thing. But Carolina is my borderline tier three, tier four school for those reasons. Yeah, show, yeah. Show, show me like two or three years in a row of 10 win. I moved NC State in for that reason, because I have problems with the Tier 4 teams. Um, you're right, Dustin, about Texas A&M. I have no comments on Texas A&M since our most recent bowl game. Um, and uh, <laughs> at least I have no negative, no negative comments. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Uh, that lets me know that we're not a Tier 2 team, I can tell you that much, if Texas A&M is in Tier 2. Um, I, I think we're a Tier 3 team. Uh, look, we beat Miami, and uh, they're in here. And quite frankly, I'll save the rest of it for later in the season. But if Sam Howell doesn't get injured, it's his what third year. So come on, yeah. I mean, it's gonna be yeah. top but two or three if, if we want to play the one game, you know, anecdotal cherry picking of data, I see your, I'll see your beat Miami, and I'll raise you losing to Virginia. I mean, <laughs> there, there's just as much evidence to the contrary as it is evidence to well, remaining there. I'm not cherry picking. I'm saying we're both on the rise together. But to be quite honest, like I'll find. I mean, look, like one guy's going to be a top three pick in the NFL draft, and the other guy's like, I guess, a nice story that he's returning to college. It's nice that he gave all his money away. 
I mean, look, <laughs> I, I, look, I, I hate UNC, and I still don't think they're anywhere near foot becoming a football school. They're a basketball school first, and then it's a bunch of sports, and then it's football. Um, but they're going to have a good season this year if everyone stays healthy. Oh, they they should have a good season. I agree, but I just I think, I think they could actually get ten wins this season. If I think every, I think it's very healthy. conceivable. Sure, I, I do agree with that. I just like based off of last year. I know it's just hype coming into the year because like, look, they played Texas and Texas A and M close, sure, but they still finished eight and four last year. I mean, this is still just uh, conjecture on what they think they're going to do this year, and they have the they yeah. have the talent to be able to do it, but you got you still have to actually perform. Yeah, I actually. I actually find, I, I mean, if y'all want to continue with Carolina, you can, but as I've been staring at this, I actually find like Northwestern kind of interesting, Oklahoma yeah. State kind of interesting. I mean, like they've had some good years and like last year, certainly Northwestern had a good year, but yeah, they did. But, you know, I don't know. I feel like we could make the same arguments about them, those two schools, as we as we're talking about Carolina. You know, I think there's a lot of people in this tier that could easily be a tier four, and probably vice versa. Yeah. Now, go ahead. I'll just skate over this real quick. Oregon, best team in the Pac-12. I agree. I think Utah and Washington are next. Southern Cal can probably drop down. I've watched a decent amount of that, and then I'll say for the Big Ten. It's probably, I hate to be boring, it's probably Penn State and Wisconsin. I love the Iowa schools. I love the rivalry. I love the hospital at the, at the, at the one stadium. I think it's in Iowa State. And they, all the stuff that they do for it. But uh, I, I don't know. I think they're borderline. Look, if Carolina's borderline, I think the Iowa schools are borderline. I'm not yeah, talking. I agree. That's, fair. That's totally fair. Definitely fair. But – that leaves another glaring, glaring Big Ten school <laughs> tier four, and I can't wait till we get there. <laughs> yeah, so tier four. Um, this is kind of where you have the middle of the pack, pun definitely intended programs. Um, I'll go on and say say my piece on this. NC State's right where they belong. It's the very dead center um like tier of, of this entire graphic. You'll see that when we post it online. They have the opportunity this year to move up to tier three. Um, this is they have a ton of returning talent, and this is the deepest and most talented roster they've had in probably since the Philip Rivers years. But that doesn't mean they're going to actually live up to expectations because the law of the wolf says that you get the least when you expect the most, and you get the most when you expect the least. So this year coming in with with expectations doesn't necessarily bode well for the Wolfpack. But they're they they are who we think they are, and they're right where they belong in the dead center of the tier. I think you guys are going to go 11 and one. You're going to be in the BCS with Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio <laughs> State. And then half your team's going to get COVID. Oh, wait. Houston? Sorry. <laughs> I think it's the wrong season. You, you picked the wrong season. Uh, well, let's, let's go ahead and just have some fun with tier four. Michigan's in there. Yep. Right? And, and frankly, probably too high. Probably, <laughs> yeah. Probably too high. Never. So Logan and I's dad has a, had a saying about Dean Smith and about Bobby Cox. Never has a man had so much and done so little. <laughs> you know what? How about old Jimmy Harbaugh? Like they're, they're the alleged savior of of Michigan. Like I just I have not 
because of his cockiness and because of his attitude, I have not enjoyed watching a team lose more in football season than Michigan. I agree. And, and they are, they're not, they don't, they're not deserving of tier four. They should be bumped down yeah. to like, down with like Maryland. very marginal loser football program. Put them yeah. down there wake force. <laughs> well, I mean, like realistically, what does he have since he's been there one year that was better than eight and four? I mean, he's putting up Dave Doran NC State numbers with that. And you're supposed to be he he gets all this hype and all this money playing at a historical football program. I mean, mis- the Michigan hype train's out of control. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, I think it's time to two cancel hype trains that work real well. It's Michigan and Carolina. Like, <laughs> they get everybody <laughs> fired up thinking that they're gonna be good and then disappoint but then somehow the hype train makes you believe that the bad outcomes are still good so there's that got two sunbelt teams in here app state and coastal I don't, coastal doesn't belong here it's ridiculous well hold on okay hold that opinion aren't they on par with Ole Miss K-State Kentucky Memphis, all these teams are like the teams that you're like, how or, did they rank 17th? And then they end up the, a bowl game. Or the teams that are in their like app and raging Cajuns that are in their conference. They're as yeah. good as either of those programs. And they've got Georgia Southern in there too. Yeah, which that seems silly. Georgia <laughs> Southern is the biggest ridiculous one in this because Georgia Southern doesn't belong there at all. Coastal no, belongs no. there before Georgia Southern. Yeah. And who knows? I mean, Coastal is going to go from – the hunter to the hunted this year. They're not the America's team anymore. And, you know, I, I'm still going to cheer for them because of the Myrtle beach connection, but like at some point people are going to get tired of them. It happened with UCF too. Um, it, I'm, I'm inter- interested to see how Shane Beamer does with his first year at South Carolina. Hey, there you go. Uh, agree. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm kind of excited to see what happens. Chip off the old block from his dad, you know, yeah, I'm I'm pulling for him, frankly, and I don't really have any love for South Carolina, but I'd like to see him do well down there. Um, yeah, it's a big job he got. Yeah. yeah, no big no big shoes to fill there, but it's a big job. <laughs> and it's only big because they're in the SEC. <laughs> it's only big because they have a big it stadium. Is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, conference was 100 right. It's it's all SEC. That's why that yeah team gets what they get. Yeah, because they were nationally relevant for like two or three years, and when Steve Spurrier had like uh, a few good years there, but other than that, South Carolina is a mediocre program. Yeah, but they have so. SEC backing, so you're right, Morgan. By ispa facto, it is a big job. We have thoughts on whether or not quick thoughts on whether or not BC is overrated and Jeff Halfley's They actually, I've, I forget where I was reading it. But- People, a lot of people are expecting big things out of Boston College this year. Yep, well, it's the, like big things. They're expecting them to actually. Um, I wouldn't say they're going to win. Probably their their uh, which one are they? I, I forget which yeah, one. Yeah, they're not in. winning the Atlantic. That's Clemson's no. territory. Yeah, I, that's what I was going to say. I was trying to think of the Atlantic. They're not going to win the Atlantic, but it, I think they have a real solid shot at finishing top three in the Atlantic. Which I mean. Yeah. That's everybody's gone for a second good. within the Atlantic. Yeah. Yeah. I think the Atlantic really comes down to Clemson's going to take it. So it, it should be a battle between Boston College and NC State for second. 
But now, and this is no knock on Clemson's uh, quarterback for this upcoming season, but he's a freshman, correct? Uh, COVID freshman. I mean, he played last year, but they, in hey, that game... You know they, what, Ed, and you know what? He'll probably have a great season, but that is, there's no guarantees in that. He could, no, it's not. He could definitely shit the bed. He, he was good games last then. year. He did, but that was, what, one game? I said the I same mean, thing about the album. I'm, I'm, and I'm not, uh, you know... <laughs> I'm just saying, give him a couple of games, teams figure out his little quirks and, you know, weaknesses, and he's a freshman, and they'll eat him up. Maybe, but it didn't happen with Trevor. No. <laughs> but then again, I don't, think this, I don't think this kid's as good as Trevor Lawrence either. So. I, no. I'd no, argue that's not. completely different. And, but, and, and yeah. trust me, I'm, I'm 100% wrong here. But you, you just – I guess I'm just trying to hope that they fail. <laughs> yeah, I'm tired of Clemson. I mean, y'all. I know everybody. Not everybody. To varying degrees on this podcast, everybody kind of feels that way. I don't. I kind of like cheer for them because I like Dabo and I like what they're oh, doing. Dabo's there. cool, but I don't. So. I, but that's as far as I'll go. Dabo's Dab- cool, and after Dabo, that, I don't like Clemson. Dabo is a used car salesman. You only say that because he coaches Clemson. He's successful. If he, if it was your coach, you'd view it completely differently. I mean, it's the same reason why you like Christian exactly. Leitner. <laughs> I'm just well. I'm just saying. Maybe I just like terrible people. Then, according to America, but according <laughs> to me, I love good people. That, that was cool. But like I said, after that, I, I I've never liked Clemson as a as a program or a school. Yeah. Well. Anyway, we're good for off track here with tears. My last comment on tier four. I'm glad to see Texas in tier tier four horns down. Thank you. I was going to make the same joke. <laughs> nah, they, yeah. they, they need to go to tier five. I've been waiting for uh, Texas to be back for a decade now. And it ain't happened. They're, they're one of the most, them in Michigan. Yep. Are, are two of the most overrated for the recruits they get and the money yep. behind those programs. What yep. a joke. They both, need to go to tier, they both need to go to tier five. If, if any of our schools could have talent and money like that. Shit. Jesus. Can you imagine Virginia Tech with their talent and money? Oh, oh my God. God. They would have had a championship or two by now in football. Yeah. It's ridiculous. So I get annoyed by both of those schools. And speaking of Virginia Tech, as we head into tier five. <laughs> Oof. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually, you know, a few years ago, I probably would have argued about this, but the way they played the last two years and their recruiting or with what recruiting you want to call of their own in-state recruits, I think currently they're right where they belong. Your, your recruiting has taken a hit because y'all are losing guys to North Carolina and North Carolina State right now. Like, but we're also taking we're also taking people from North Carolina. So it's, you know. It's, but if you look like for it, if you look at the recruiting over the last few, uh, few years, the best metric and determine how good of a class it, it is, is the, the composite ranking. And to be competitive, oh, you typically need it to be above an 86 as the composite number. And it, Virginia Tech has kind of faltered a little bit in we that. Have, and, and I think I some of we've go ahead. I was going to say, I, uh, just because I'm thinking of it now. Our biggest hit has been our defense. North Carolina and NC State have both, like, not just tiptoed, but bulldozed into our Hampton Roads area and stolen our recruits by the last five years. 
Yeah, I was going to say that we actually, um, it, he's been a pretty big uh, recruiter for us on the defensive line, but Charlie Wiles, he's in, yeah. in his second year at NC State as a D-line coach. He was at Virginia Tech for a long time. Oh, yeah. We, we screwed up letting him go, and then we allow some kid named Bly and UNC to go steal our defensive backs out of Virginia. But now, to be fair to Virginia Tech, I do think they're a, they're a upper tier top or uh, tier nah. five team. I think they're they can be borderline because they were not bad last year. Um, save for the they, more they than favorite bad. game they against were, they Liberty, were, they, were, <laughs> they were bad last year. They were in the just, same tier. <laughs> yeah, trust me, they they were bad last year. I don't want to get too much into it because there's other teams we can talk about there, but I think yeah. they're right where they belong. Does it I, hurt? I would agree with that. Does it hurt you that you're put right next to Virginia? No, not at all. Virginia belongs in tier five. They're tier, tier six, probably. I'll put them in the garbage. <laughs> yeah. The, the, That's the school. That, not a f- the thing that just sucks about it is like, I'm, I'm scanning over this and it's like East Carolina and Pitt yeah. and like Liberty and um, just like schools like that. And Maryland. It, yeah, Maryland. <laughs> and, and, and I did Air Force. And I'm just kind of like, how does Tech fit into that? Virginia Tech should not be associated no. with any of those well, names. They, they should be it. far and above that. Ten, 10 years ago, they'd be a tier three. Did you mention Florida State that's in tier five? I mean, that's another one you make the same argument. But yeah. they're, in, they're in rebuild mode because they were in such shambles. They've been in rebuild mode since 2017. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what they made bad hires and bad decisions, and now they're trying to fix them, which means it's going to take some time to fix them but now yeah. you know unless you're alabama it's really all silical yeah these it, teams go through phases unc is at a high note right now give it five years and you know they're they're not alabama they'll go back away now you know duke might get a run where they get a bunch of good recruits and have eight nine win seasons for a few years not until they change their coach it just yeah Accurate. Um, I mean, there's only I'd throw Ohio State in that category. True. Ohio State, no, Alabama, yeah, you're right. Never Thank ever you. falter ever. Like, like Clemson, I'm, uh, Clemson is good right now, but they will. There, there will come a time where they're not going to get the recruits, and Dabo not, might not be there, or he might, and they just fall. You know, falls out. You know, the two biggest things I see in tier five that I don't understand is one, um, Dustin glossed over it a second ago, but how in the hell is ECU there? That that program has been in shambles since Ruffin McDill was fired. Like there there is no reason for them to be in tier five right now. I, I realize that Holden Aylers is a decent quarterback and he's coming up on his, I think, junior year. That he should be able to deliver a couple more wins, but a couple more wins only equates out to about four or five for them. So yeah, like they kicked them to the to the basement. Yeah. And then Mississippi State's an interesting one, like because they didn't really have a good year last year, but they it was first year with uh, Mike Leach there. But I just I fully expect us to be favored to go down to Starkville and then they, them throw for 550 yards and beat us by two scores. Yeah, I mean, well, that's Mississippi State. They're gonna go. They're gonna get 500 to two two games under 500 year after year, and then they might have one or two years where their offense is just clicking and they'll outscore, you know, you for nine wins in a season. Like Mike, I love Mike Leach, but I mean, that's what you're getting when you hire Mike Leach is 500 football and yeah. with the air raid. 
Speaking of uh, traditional teams that were used to be really good that have tons of money and fan support, Tennessee. I mean, yeah. they're, they're tier five, and they just can't <laughs> seem to get their hiring uh, choices right either. They're in a similar boat as Florida State on that. And yeah. they have a much tougher road, uh, to, road to hoe than Florida State does because well, I mean, SEC is, is big boy football. You know who, who, what quarterback they might get for recruiting, right? Archie's that, kid. Or, uh, not Archie. I'm, I'm, uh, who's, Cooper, who's the Manning Cooper, brother? Cooper, Cooper's kid. Yeah. yeah. True, they say it's supposed to be phenomenal, but, you know, we'll see. He's got the pedigree. Yeah. It'd be, it's, it would seem silly to bet against him. Yeah, exactly. So if, if he, I'm pretty sure he'll probably pick Tennessee. So I don't want to do the uh, same old, same old again, but I see Georgia Tech in here. First of all, if he sees in tier four, I think Georgia Tech with the Atlanta recruiting, the 404, the whole thing. I think that that's interesting that they've clearly differentiated between BC and Georgia Tech. But more to the point, I don't want to do the name image like this thing too much, but you've got Nebraska and you've got Tennessee. All I'm going to say is those schools have huge fan bases in their states and there ain't much else going on there. I have a feeling Nebraska and Tennessee are not going to be down for very long. That's all I'll say. I know that this is up this year, but those are recruiting gold mines, those two schools. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you you brought up Georgia Tech. I actually think long term they're on a very positive trajectory, and it just takes a long time to climb out of the triple option hole. And so, yeah. you know, they're they're you're seeing them get better year after year, and they've had some. I think I was looking at it the other day. They actually have had some of the best some of the best recruiting classes in the past couple of years that they've ever had. And I mean, Georgia's football rich Atlanta in particular, you got a lot of options. If they can actually continue that, you're going to see them get a whole lot better. Maybe we'll see. I, I mean, they have gotten better year over year. I just, I'm not sold on Jeff Collins, but you're right. He is, has started at a much tougher position than most coaches trying to rebuild something because of the triple option. Yeah, I mean, they had no – I mean, I, I don't want to say no, but they had very little uh, talent. They yeah. were built to run like a surface academy, basically. Yeah. So, uh, before we wrap things up on this, did, I mean, is there anything that really sticks out to y'all about Tier 6? I mean, Duke's down there, Wake Forest down there, Syracuse, three ACC schools. Um, <clears throat> Vanderbilt. They belong. You want to take a shot at Vanderbilt? Yeah, I was about to say Vanderbilt's back where they belong because baseball season's over, and they're they're a school that uh, they can't fill out their own stadium. So all the SEC schools basically just show up and get cheaper tickets to go see their teams play on the road in Nashville. That's what we see. A cool city. I see Rutgers is down there. So Vanderbilt's another one of those Nashville. Uh, I don't know. Tennessee's much bigger draw than Vanderbilt and Tennessee. Um, my comment is, I'll say. So I'm not exactly signing up to go get season tickets, but um, I don't think Navy deserves to be in tier six. Uh, if you're going to have Air Force and Army in tier five, Navy deserves to be in right along with them with the service academies and right along with them with the reform Georgia Tech yeah. service academy. The reason why Georgia Tech ran that offense is because the coach came from Navy and went to Georgia Tech. But um, is there? We should make a tier seven for Kansas. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're going to put Kansas, if you're going to make a tier seven, then Syracuse needs to go down there. Oof. I, I can't say that because I, I'm guaranteed to lose to them then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't care yeah. if we lose to them six years straight. I don't like Syracuse. They can go to the, base. They can go to the, to the dumpster. I see. Uh, I see. Rutgers is also. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they can go to tier seven. <laughs> yeah, Kansas definitely needs their own tier of their own because they're by far <laughs> the worst program in the country, in my opinion. We can kick UVA down there too. I don't care how good. I don't care how good the quarterback is. This got emotional at the end. I know. I'm, I'm <laughs> kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It looks a little teary eyed saying that. <laughs> <laughs> so we got what? Arizona, Arkansas, Duke, Purdue, Purdue, Hawaii. Well, that sucks for them. They got to fly 17 hours to play anybody. Yeah. <laughs> Wake Forest. I think Wake so, Forest is kind of disrespected a little bit. There was an Illinois. Aren't they half decent or no? They they were like 10 years ago. That's oh, why, like, yeah. I mean, <laughs> they, they were really good when Dave Doran was their head coach, but like, I think he went like 11 and 1 and 12 and 0 in his two seasons there or something like that. But Arkansas, kind of disrespected. You're in the SEC. Well, oh, well. See, ODU is where they belong. <laughs> hey, they're North a little uh, salty, huh? <laughs> no emotions there whatsoever. <laughs> so so we get this straight. Morgan wants Virginia, ODU, and Liberty down in tier seven. <laughs> <laughs> and we're not and they're not allowed to play Virginia Tech for the next ten years. <laughs> to be fair, Morgan let off this podcast by telling us he was a little spent. Okay. <laughs> Just a little spent. Some emotions are running hot. <laughs> no. I, I, I've already said I agree. Tech is where they belong until they fix their recruiting um, and get a new offensive coordinator there. They're going to stay there. Well, I guess time will tell. I did, Morgan. You'll get a kick out of this. I did see my aunt over the weekend in my entire Virginia Tech family. And one of the first things she asked me is she goes, hey, so like, is your podcast actually like kicking off or are you guys just kind of, she was being nice. She's like, are you guys just kind of like doing it? And I kind of like <laughs> looked at her and I was like, I mean, it's, we don't, we probably don't give Virginia Tech very much respect as we should. And she goes, oh, well, like you had a, a big name guy on there from Nashville. And I was like, yeah, that was actually our Virginia tech buddy. He, he helped us out with that. And she goes, Oh, well, you know, like maybe, maybe give Hokies a bit more respect. <laughs> <laughs> that was, I'm not quoting. That was more or less the conversation. So tell her respect is earned on miserable and reckless. Exactly. <laughs> and even then you still might not get it. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully we can, we can figure out a game to get to Morgan. Cause definitely. I'd like to go. So I think for the most part, these tiers are mostly they're accurate. You know, if you look at the upcoming season, it's fair. You know, I yes, there's a few here and there that could probably go up or down one, but for the most part, I think it's pretty spot on. And once you guys see it, when we when it gets posted, you'll probably feel the same. Yeah, we'll definitely post this on Facebook and uh, let you guys maybe comment and let us know your thoughts. But leave um, emotions out of it, right? <laughs> yeah. 
But uh, all right, so now it's normally time for us to jump right into Bless Your Heart. But what's this? I'm getting a word from the producer that yeah. we do not have any more time this week. So we'll have to uh, kick we that have off another week. Yeah. Canceled Corner has canceled Bless Your Heart. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Bless Your Heart, you're canceled. <laughs> all right, so for this episode of Miserable and Reckless, I'm Logan sitting here with Morgan, Dustin, and Ryan, and we will see you next week. Thank you.